Yes, yes, yes. This is the Thought Thread Podcast. My name is Steve Carr. I am host of said podcast. I am the originator of the Thought Thread email blast that is bi-monthly, a list of links, resources that you can access on my website, or you can sign up for my email blast. That's at houseofcar.com slash thread, houseofcar, that's C-A-R-R.com slash thread. And what I do is I take links that I think are going to be helpful to push you to think about content in more unifying ways. And what I do with that content is I package it up around a theme. And generally that theme comes from a biblical text that I have taught from before. And I'm currently going through a series from the book of Psalms. And this is Psalm chapter 122. And the point of this psalm is to highlight the importance of the city of Jerusalem to the people of God. And that is why the thread, the, the singular subject of this thread is city. Because what Jerusalem represented for the people of God was an identifying communal aspect that brings everybody Together, So it is this idea of city that I want to explore. Psalm 22 is a romanticizing view of God's city of Jerusalem. And here's the deal. This is something that's near and dear to my heart because a lot of my recent studies has honed in on urban topics. And because of that, I have a certain bent toward the city. Now, if you live in suburbia, if you live in a rural area, it does not mean that I don't love you. Was that a double negative? I think so. Look, there's a place for suburbia, there's a place for rural, but for a long time in the United States, particularly since the conclusion of the Second World War, cities were left to rot. Now there is a renaissance revival And whether or not you live in the city, desire to be in the city, even enjoy it, there are a myriad of issues that happen when you take a glob of humanity and condense them in the same place. So in this thread, I only have like a couple little vignettes about the city itself, but I want to bring in some issues that I think have impact where you are, even if you don't live in the city. So as I pull on the thread, I always have a theme I have a a, a song I like to tease. I I like the music. I think it works out thematically. And for this thread, I could not help but think of a certain jam by one of the greatest bands ever, Guns N' Roses, from their first album, Appetite for Destruction, Paradise City. Paradise City, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. And, uh, yes... Axel, sing us there. Take me home. Okay. So, let's get into the thread. Article number one, will remote working destroy the city? This is something I actually read in an article um, just last week. This is from the Business Insider website. It's really discussing this fact of what are the implications of COVID on the future of the city, specifically 
This idea that now that we are remote working, many people had office buildings in the city. It made sense because of whether it be public transportation or being able to have that concentration of employee base in a city center. Well, now we're looking at vacancies post-COVID of business space is higher than it has been in more than four decades. And as a result, the question is asked, what implication will will that have on the city? Now, spoiler alert – I believe it will be okay. I do believe, however, that cities and the way that they allocate their space is going to have to change. I added a little bonus article here by Richard Florida, who is an urbanist. I did a lot of uh, researching on his theories when I was doing my doctoral dissertation. And Florida was big because he said, look, cities are where creatives concentrate, and that's why we see so many things of brilliance come from the city. But what Florida is also advocating here is that cities are going to change post-COVID, and it all comes down to how they adjust. I think this has implications even if you're not in the city. Understanding with office vacancies, maybe if you're looking to fill a space, maybe you have a nonprofit or a church, you might be able to find some good real estate values. You might need to re-envision what that looks like, but the opportunity for you to do something dynamic in the next few years as far as space might change. So you have to figure out what it means for me to be virtual and what kind of space do I need. And by the way, I say this recording from my home office. I have not had any office but my home for going on five years right now, and that made, in the midst of the pandemic, my work rather seamless. I think it's going to become the norm But there are all these implications. There's just so much out this, but it's just something that you need to contemplate. What does this post-COVID Zoom world, what implications does this have on how we work and then the rest of our lives? Second article is a Seth Godin article. I will, every once in a while, link to Seth Godin. If you do not know him, you need to get out from under your rock and start understanding the mind of Godin. He was a marketing expert, but his understanding of the interconnectedness of the world is, you know, I could say that Seth Godin is the patron saint of the thought thread because of who he is, how he thinks, it's what I aspire to be. And he discusses in this article that I link on his blog about junction cities. There are places that are destinations, and there are places that are junction, and you need to determine which you are and then how to live up to that role. Short article. That's what I love about Godin. He is profound, and yet he writes in brevity, and that's helpful. The third article I link to in this thread about city, how to become more resilient. And resiliency is something that, you know, sometimes we take for granted, especially people like myself, people of faith and spirituality tend to think when we are struggling, you know, we need to pray. And and again, as a ordained minister, I am not saying that prayer is not applicable. We need to do it. But sometimes we need to have the mental fortitude to figure out how we are going to react when things do not go our ways. And friends, that is the definition of resiliency. It is tough, and I am an urbanite now for multiple decades. It is tough to remain resilient in an environment that is so fast-paced, that can be encumbering. And that is why you and I need to contemplate our resiliency. This is a Fast Company article that I appreciated on the topic. 
I think it's from a year or two ago. I need to see, when was this thing written? This was written at a date that I can't find. But hey, it's a short read. Oh, it was written February 26th of last year. February 26th, just two weeks before COVID. So yes, they were prophets. They knew that over that year of quarantine that we would need resiliency. Hey, read this article, see how it holds up. The fourth article that I link to is a overview of psychological data from outside online. It is a magazine of lifestyle living, but it talks about the psychology of racing versus pacing. Racing versus pacing. So I'm a runner. I have run multiple marathons. How do you know if somebody's a marathoner? Don't worry. They'll tell you. But for me, the thing that I laughed about, I have not now run a race in, you know, since 2019 because I'm not into virtual racing, but that's where the author starts off with. It's the idea of a virtual race seemed just kind of like a weird joke, but then it talks about research from the university center in Brazil. So it's the, there's the implementation of different sports science talking about how you and I view our lives in competition. So there's this idea of racing where we know there are other people in competition with ourselves, but sometimes the focus needs to be shifted to yourself, what you can accomplish, and that's a big thing as a marathon runner. I know starting a marathon, I'm not going to win the race. I need to establish a solid pace so I don't die at mile 24. Yes, that article is probably something I found interesting just for myself, but I think you'll find it interesting, too, because it has application. City life is fast. Sometimes you just need to slow down and operate at your own pace. Take a look at it. In every thread, I recommend a book. This is a book that was published earlier in 2021. It is a newer book. The book is called Work, A Deep History from the Stone Age to the Age of the Robots. Now, I think I've recommended some writing from him before. I know I have in previous threads, maybe not on the podcast. There is uh, Yuval Noah Harari, is a um, Israeli-based researcher, wrote a very popular book, Sapiens, a few, a few years ago, and Homo Deus, which is uh, talking about this historical view of both humanity, historical view of how we have viewed religion over the years. James Sussman, the author of work, I feel like he tried to channel his inner Harari to write this idea of what did prehistoric work look like. So this is written devoid of any construct of faith. It takes an evolutionary look at work and tries to say what did it mean to the core of who we are as humans and what will it mean in the future as things like artificial intelligence and um, mechanization, what am I trying to think? Automiz- automation, easy for me to say, how automation, AI, how that will impact our concepts of work in the future. I will tell you there was parts of this that drug on and slow, but there are parts that make you reflect on what it means for me and you to do what we do on the day-to-day, how we work. What does that intrinsically say about us? So an interesting read, maybe it's for you, maybe it's for not, but I'll tell you what I do to help is I take a collection of the notes I took, provide them in PDF form for you, accessible at my website or in the thread. You can find it there. Finally, 
finally, from me, every week I try to contribute to something. I try to contribute to the public discourse, and this actually was something that was inspired by another book I read that I will feature as a book recommendation in the future. Norena Hertz wrote a book just recently called The Lonely Century. The Lonely Century. And the reason that I find that interesting is that especially, and I think she started writing this before pandemic and adjusted it mid-pandemic, talking about that even though we are the most connected society in the history of the world, the levels of loneliness and depression are higher than they have ever been. Why is that? I appreciate that she takes the time to mine into this subject. But what I did was hone in on one of her observations, and you know what? I'm going to tease the article that I wrote. It's just a quick reflection. It's not a long read, but let me read this for you. Hertz writes, It's important not to overly romanticize community. By definition, communities are exclusive and as such can be both excessively insular and antagonistic toward outsiders. Often, they don't permit difference or nonconformity, whether we're talking different interests, non-traditional family structures, or alternative beliefs or lifestyles. Those who don't adhere to the community's norms can find that excommunication can be both brutal and brutally swift. Now, that's a powerful quote. I encourage you, you know, I read it. You can go on my blog and see this article, Only the Lonely. Yes, I took the title of the Roy Orbison song, as inspiration here but as a person of faith i have to ask like why are communities of faith places that so many times people are afraid to enter into because of being ostracized from them so i would say that the historical legacy of the american church is as such that there is a fear of people trying to get integrated into it just because they're afraid of being ostracized, of being kicked out. And I think that's something that we, who are people of faith, need to grapple with. We need to make the determination that, look, loneliness is going to be a health issue in the decades to come. And as someone who has spent a lot of recent years living in the city, I'm always surprised that density is greatest in the city, but it seems that loneliness is higher here than in any other context. That you find more lonely people in the city than you do in the suburbs and in rural area, even though they live close to people. It's sad, and it's an issue that I have to grapple with as an urbanite, but I think it's one that we have to. How are we helping to connect people who are not connected. I'll tell you, that's why I love the city, is that it puts us in conversation with people that are usually different with us, and we have to figure out how to live life together. So again, this thread, a thread about city, that's a pointed subject. What I tried to do is bring in some thoughts that illustrated some of the issues of the city that I think apply to you wherever you are at. So do me a favor, take a look at the thread online, houseofcar.com slash thread. See if some of these articles and insights about city speak to you. If so, go ahead and leave a comment, start a conversation, email me personally. Either way, the point of this is to get us thinking, and that's why I pull on this thread. And that's all I have for you now. Hey, I'll be back at the next thread in a couple weeks. Go to my blog, subscribe to it, have it in your inbox. It's not spam, it's helpful. I hope it's helpful to you. Until next time.
Take care.